Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Grizzly Bear Blues Live. For the final time, I am your host, Joe Mullinax. So excited to have you with us, however you're listening to Grizzly Bear Blues Live, whether it's on iHeartRadio, whether it's on uh, Stitcher, whether it's on Spotify, Google, Apple, however you take in your podcast, by all means, have at it as long as you are subscribed to the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network. I am so grateful to be here on this show, my final show as the site manager of grizzlybearblues.com, my final show as the host of GBB Live with the heir apparent, the the star of the day. He's smiling and blushing as we speak. It's well-deserved. So much love for my uh my protege my mentee the probably the worst kept secret of the last month or so i i uh, swear <laughs> when it, when it when it comes to who my replacement was going to be at grizzlybearblues.com only one person really made sense and it is my my mentee uh my coworker but most importantly my friend parker fleming parker how are you doing congratulations woo uh, so man. excited for you buddy I feel like this is our Triple H Seth Rollins moment right here. This is like the <laughs> the pinnacle right here. No, I I'm doing good, and then also too, I just want to thank everybody for all the love, support y'all gave me uh, in this um, with this introduction. Obviously, you know I'm I'm very very excited to uh, start over at G or as the GBB site manager. Um, I've you know, I, I have like a very little bit of, you know, ideas of what to do, but a lot of it, you know, I mean, Joe ran an awesome ship and it's one of those, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I'm very excited to kind of put my own twist into things for sure. And you and I have talked, obviously, not just this past month, but, you know, you and I, the last couple of years, this has kind of been um, simmering, so to speak. And, you know, in our conversations, our chats, you know, mm-hmm. the, the key is to take it and twist it and make it your own. And that's that's what I did. And I think, you know, I thank Chris Faulkner, who came before me and Kevin Leip, who came before him. And, uh, you know, obviously you're going to do a, a great job. Uh, I'm not worried about that. Uh, hopefully folks know me well enough by now that if I didn't think Parker was going to do a good enough job, I wouldn't have uh, left GBB. But technically, I haven't left just yet because this is our last one. One more GBB show, live, one last time, uh, like they say in Hamilton. One last time. That's right. Dude. I can sing. You're exactly right. <laughs> there um, we go. Yeah, I tell you, uh, all state, baby. Second, second alternate all state, but all state nonetheless. <laughs> Ways to get in touch with the show. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at GBB Live. I need to give you that password, by the way. Oh uh, yeah. Well, but we'll talk more about that. Uh, you could follow our blog uh, for one last night here at SBN Grizzlies. You could follow Parker, as uh, recently mentioned, the newly minted site manager over at Grizzly Bear Blues at Paca underscore Flocka. And you could follow me, the former uh, site manager at grizzlybearblues.com. Uh, now taking gigs. If anybody wants to hire a, a broken old blogger uh, at Joe Mullinax, not really. Um, uh, you know, I'm, maybe I get back in the game. Maybe I don't. We'll see. Um, I, I do think we can lead off with that, Parker, because that's something that so often when you see these announcements, it, it's, you know, I can't wait to tell you what's coming next or the next stage is going to be amazing. And I don't really have that. Um, that. That's not really on my on my wavelength. Uh, 
I'm not against it per se. I think when I first started thinking about stepping down, it was kind of a full cold turkey just being done with it. But at the same time, and I mentioned this in my piece, my last one for GBB, I feel like I I kind of, you know, you and I are wrestling fans. Yeah. I I, I don't want to compare myself to Roman Reigns because that seems kind of hokey. Uh, But I do feel like I did my best work is maybe the the best way to put it uh, over the last yeah. month or so. And, that. you know, part of me is like, go out on top, you know, you proved you could do it. And then the other part of me is like, maybe the old dog still, still has a bone. And it was the day-to-day managing stuff that I needed to step away from. So I'm definitely going to take a break at least for yeah. a couple of weeks here yeah, and, and kind of get my bearings. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, I, I want to say thank you to everyone who's been so kind about my last piece. Um, you know, I, I, Parker and I joke that it's fluff. Uh, I'm the king of, I'm the king of fluff. There's no denying that. I I can easily say I'm the best fluff writer in all of Grizzlies dumb. Um, Jeff Calkins maybe would disagree, but Jeff, Jeff's not as fluffy as he once was. Uh, I think that I, I am very grateful for the amazing nine years that I've had at GBB and it's nothing against Parker. You know, nobody forced me out. Uh, it was me seeing that in order for something that I love in Grizzly Bear Blues, because anything that I'm good at, it's because I love it. Uh, you know, I was terrible at math. I was terrible at computer science. I, If I wasn't passionate about something, I didn't invest. But the things that I care about, I invest myself fully in. And, and GBB was that. And I think... I wanted to see it grow. I wanted to see it get better. And I thought that I took it as far as I could. And I think that Parker is the guy to take it to the next level. So um, not sure what's next for me. Maybe you'll hear from me again in the next month or two. Maybe you won't. Um, Maybe it will be an extended break. Maybe I'll, it'll become something where I just pop up every once in a while and do a guest. Substack. No, I don't know about a substack. Pay the man. Pay the man, Joe. I don't think anybody's going to pay me. I don't I know. Would. We can, maybe I'll do Maybe I'll do a poll. But anyway, okay, y'all, uh, folks want to – Yeah, yeah do a poll like two months from now. Say who would pay for a substack of mine for $5 a month. Okay. And I... see what – I'm telling you, I'm going to I want to peer pressure you into this, Joe. It's going to be great. <sighs> We'll see. I don't know. I don't. I. I, Let's, I feel yeah. Like... See, from there you can have your. You know, you can talk about the Washington uh, Commanders. You can talk about the Nationals. The you can They're talk about pro pro wrestling. I do like. We need to talk more off the air about our pro wrestling podcast idea. Like we're yes. not. That that just might be a fun hobby. I don't care there if anybody go. ever listens to it. Just me and you talking every week about pro wrestling. But anyway, people are listening to the show to to listen at least something about the Memphis Grizzlies and. And I know the second segment will not have as much of that. So this first segment, let's talk about how the season ended for Memphis. There in game six, a disappointing conclusion to an otherwise successful year. And Parker, I think my first thing that I wanted to bring up to you in, in our conversation about the series and how things ended, maybe I missed it in my perusing of Grizz Twitter. Obviously, you and I were kind of busy this weekend once yeah. the uh, the season concluded concluded. So maybe I did miss it. But I didn't see a bunch of people saying they were disappointed. I didn't no. see really anybody saying the season was a failure because if you're going by seeding, and I think the one person, and in fairness to Chris, he didn't say it was a failure. Uh, he, the way he phrased it was differently or different. 
technically the two seed Memphis Grizzlies got upset by the three seed Golden State Warriors. And I think that's the point he made. Um, but yeah. again, the Golden State Warriors didn't have Steph Curry for a long stretch there. I know Memphis didn't have John Morant, but we've already talked all about why that was and how the Grizzlies were better without, not better without him. Played differently without him is the right way to phrase it. I had to catch myself there. Um, I, I think that nobody went into that series with Golden State expecting Memphis to win. And by definition, that made Memphis the underdog, not the Golden State Warriors. So I feel like the the underdog story now is the Dallas Mavericks knocking off the no-show Phoenix Suns in that game seven. And you're looking at that series as the Mavericks being an upset potentially against the Warriors. I don't get the feeling that Grizzlies fans are disappointed. They're disappointed that the season ended because it was fun. I don't think they're Mm -hmm. disappointed thinking that this team was a disappointment. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to be like, from my point of view, I'm going to be completely honest. Like I kind of share more of the sentiment of I'm disappointed the season's over because the season's over. But I mean, I know the record without John Morant is talked about ad nauseum, but the minute the news came out that he was going to be out indefinitely, it was season, I was like, okay, it was a wrap. It's going to be tough to come back from down. At that point, it was even two one. I'm like, it's going to be tough to win. What three out of four games? Three out of four games. Three out of four games against the Warriors. Um, with it would have been different if that Morant layup goes down in game one. If yes. the script was flipped and they only had to get two of the four, that's different because they still mm-hmm. would have had home court and they still would have had a chance to hold court in seven games. Um, but right. as soon as jaw went down and they were without home court, I I think we predicted it, uh, or at least I did in you know the, the logic of Warriors and six. Like That was the most logical conclusion. The Grizzlies mm-hmm. rallying at home. You wanted to see them do that, and they most certainly did that in game five. Yeah. And then it, the Grizzlies hung tough for most of game six and the Warriors pulled away late and you tip your cap to them. You know, Clay Thompson had a massive game, looked like the clay of old for the first time in the entire series. And you give him credit for that. Draymond Green actually shot the basketball because Memphis was daring him to. And to be honest with you, and several people have written on it, they, they started playing basic basketball. You know, they ran pick and roll. They did things that for whatever reason they refused to do leading up to that final stretch. And that's how they finished off the Grizzlies because they didn't have the personnel to contend with it with Steven Adams being hobbled with his ankle, uh, the COVID return without John Morant. They didn't have a closer offensively. They finally took advantage of the weaknesses of the Grizzlies and played to their strengths, which were clay and Steph, especially Steph off the pick and roll. Yeah. It was just one of those. And it also too, the minute Clay Thompson hits five threes in a row to start game six, it's like, okay, it's going to be gonna one be of those games. Right. It's going to be one of those games. Um, obviously, I, I do think it was a nice touch to the um, to the season that the last game that Grizzly fans got to see live in person was them thrashing the Warriors by 39 points to the point where Draymond Green is joining the crowd on whoop that trick chance. I, I think that's a great, that was pretty funny. I gotta admit, like every like whatever you wherever you stand on Draymond, that is some. I, I very much respect how he just 
relish being being the heel. It was incredible. I I I'm here for it. Almost a chance but, for some Dylan Brooks growth there. Like maybe yeah. he could approach it. And, and obviously, Draymond is a unique character. He's going to make a lot of money in TV someday. Um, Dylan Tons. Brooks doesn't really have that same a personality, no. but I do think that you know Dylan. You could tell. Although Memphis would not have been in that game six without Dylan Brooks, and that needs mm. to be fully understood. Uh, the way he shot the basketball, he was aggressive. He was that scorer that they needed with Morant out. There were a couple of live and die by the villain plays there at the end that kind of cost the Grizzlies. So you wouldn't have been in the fight to begin with without Dylan, but you certainly lose down the stretch in part because of some of those mistakes. And I, I think that, you know, you were there at the end of season media availabilities, Parker. You had a chance to listen to these guys. You listened to Zach Kleiman, Taylor Jenkins. Dylan Brooks wasn't there, but it's been kind of explained away that the team didn't really know media was happening, which seems kind of hard to believe. I'm kind of with Peter Edmiston on that. But at the same time, maybe you don't know exactly when it's happening. Maybe Dylan thought he and you know, we're not privy to those conversations. So we'll leave yeah. that prognostication to another time. But I'm curious from the vibe that you got from the team after the loss they did their season ending availability on sunday you were there for for the blog what were your takeaways in terms of the vibe in terms of you know a lot of people said that they think tyus and kyle are gone and free agency we'll talk more about that here in a moment uh Mm -hmm. what is your general kind of takeaway from that media availability time after game six i would just say that they're hungry like you know I, I'm gonna go ahead and throw one team on one young team under the bus. The Atlanta Hawks weren't hungry this season. They had their success, and they were like, you know what? Like we're gonna turn it on at the playoffs. And the next thing you know, they fall to an eight seed. They're in the play in, and or no, they're a nine seed, getting to play in and get smacked in four or five games by that Miami Heat. Um, they they were just hungry, you know. Um, Ja is obviously he said once he's healthy he's going to get back on the court but he will prioritize rest he's going to just kind of let his body recover Um, Jaron and Taylor Jenkins both talked about the long laundry list of items that Jaron has in his player development package and just with the working I kind of like the understanding that both parties see a lot in each other whether that's Taylor Jenkins and um Jaron and Jaron and himself he just there's gonna be a lot of stuff for Jaron to work on this offseason um Desmond Bain um so Joe I did ask Desmond Bain about the idea of shooting more threes because against Minnesota he shot nine a game and he averaged 23 points I'm like is that an area you're looking into to like this kind of unlock your game as a score and he starts throwing out names like Steph Curry Dame Lillard CJ McConnell Clay Thompson Yes. And he and he was like, those guys, they can get to the line, they can shoot from three. So he's gonna he said he's gonna s- try to start searching for ways to find ten efficient threes a game. Oh my Ooh. gosh. And oh. then obviously everyone's ten gonna love threes a game um, from Desmond Bain. He shoots forty percent. That's four main threes a game. Oh my gosh, Parker, you're making me so happy. I know you might want to come back after that, but I know. I might take this all back. Can I have my old job back, please? <laughs> But uh, and then uh, Zaire Williams too. Obviously, he's going to be working with Desmond Bain and then Darko Rajasjovic, who uh, is credited a lot for Bain's development. So that's going to be cool. Um, 
yeah, and then obviously Brandon Clark, he said the confidence this season is going to fuel a big summer for him. I know people saw tweets of him saying that he's going to work on his three-shot, but I think it was a little out of context where he said, I know I could impact the game without shooting the three. So I think it's one of those, like, I'm going to have it in case I need it, but I'm still going to stick to my game. So, yeah, they're hungry. And then also, too, the fact that Zach Kleiman said he's willing to pay whatever and whoever. It's it's one of those things that you got to, like, kind of see what you need to take and not take. But, I mean, they're they're just a hungry bunch. And I hope to see that materialize into a uh, another strong season next season. But lots to like from exit interviews. My my fingers are still recovering from all the tweeting I did. <laughs> you did cover the hell out of that. It and was I, wild. I think it was our buddy Anthony Sane that tweeted that you covered the hell out of it. And obviously you and yeah. I already knew uh, what was going to happen on Monday. And I was just like, yeah. yes, yes, he did. <laughs> Future site manager Parker Fleming did a very good job. Uh, covering the exit interviews for GPB, I would agree completely. Uh, my biggest takeaway was the idea that the championship window is open. For the first time, he didn't mm-hmm. talk about he didn't talk like the general manager of a rebuilding team. He talked like the general manager of a team that expects to contend for championships. And to me, that means that a roster change is coming. I think that you can't look at the Grizzlies, although you could talk yourself into it because of all the injuries and all the stories that went along with this team falling a little bit short, I think it would be a mistake. I'm not convinced that this team as constructed can win a championship. I think they're a piece away. I don't know that it's the guy that I thought it was originally, because you and I in the past have talked about getting another wing, uh, trying to upgrade with a bigger wing. Uh, you know, I think after watching this team play and being sold on the idea of Jaron, maybe he is better playing the four there's no denying he did better this past year playing the four than he did playing the five I could see an avenue where it's a Miles Turner where it is a Carl Anthony Towns if things go south in Minnesota a Rudy Gobert even if you uh, want to get froggy that way imagine trying to score on a Jaron Jackson Jr. Rudy Gobert uh, front court I, I think I think that that and Dylan Brooks is your small forward I think that there is an avenue where, and those are just names, right? Like, yeah, you could bring up other players too. I I don't know that that new upgrade needs to be a wing. I'm not convinced that they need to move on from Dylan Brooks. I think Dylan Brooks has shown his value in terms of what he is as a player for that team. I, I could see it being at center, and I did not expect that coming out of this season. I, I've expected to fully still be on the Jaron at center train. And I do think that there's still a place for that in terms of the rotation, like the backup center should be Jaron Jackson jr. If that makes sense. Um, but like miles Turner, I can't shake the idea that that would be perfect. You know, here's a big that can defend that can shoot the three. Uh, he gives you spacing. He gives you the opportunity to, to strengthen what you're already good at. You know, and I don't think he'd be that expensive to get. I think Steven Adams in a, a first rounder and a second rounder might get you Miles Turner. And, and if that happens, you know, you just upgraded your front court. He fits the window. Um, you know, I, I, I am taking away that something is going to happen this summer. I don't think they run it back. I don't think that Kyle is back. I don't think that Tyus is back. 
I think that they're going to do something where they use that cap space. I mean, maybe they find a way to bring in Brogdon and Turner. And now you're talking about a pretty massive upgrade in terms of those guys. Cause if they don't bring back Kyle and Tyus, that's 20 million in cap space, which goes to our GDB question of the day. Mm-hmm. And if you trade away Steven Adams with miles Turner, all you need is like a few more million, I think to fall under the cap space window. And you've replaced Tyus Jones with Malcolm Brogdon, who most certainly could play with John Morant. There's no question about that. And now you could use one of your draft picks. You could use, you know, the, the mid-level exception, which I think the Grizzlies have full access to, mm-hmm. to replace Kyle Anderson and getting a bigger defending wing. And <laughs> I, I feel like a John Morant, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., Miles Turner, with Malcolm Brogdon as your sixth man. Like Brogdon's used to being the sixth man. Now again, now now you're the, dream, the, you're you're dreaming I am, big. Uh, well, it's my last podcast. I yeah, I would, my I'll let here. you dream big. Yeah, but I do think it's important to point out that all the reports are Brogdon wants to be a lead scorer, primary player. He's probably not going to want to be a sixth man. Yeah, so same, it's all, same intel I've hear, heard. So yeah, I'm right. So it's probably not, not going to happen. The the real the realistic piece is probably a Miles Turner Adams swap and upgrading. And again, Steven had a great season for the Grizzlies, but Steven Adams is essentially Draymond Green, even worse than Draymond Green, because Steven Adams is never going to shoot the basketball. At least you know Turner is an offensive threat. Yeah. I will add, I think you might be thinking of the wrong Indiana player to add. Um, I mean, I remember Jake Fisher on Fast Break Breakfast said that uh, the Grizzlies shopped um, for the 13th pick using Dylan Brooks. Who's to say they they don't have any interest in TJ Warren? He's a Ooh. free agent, two years injured. Give him that that prove it deal, like an Oladipo, like kind of like the one in like, Oladipo, Tyreek Evans. Yeah, I yeah. I can see that, but I'm gonna say this: like I don't really agree with the center upgrade because for one, Jaron Jackson's really good at center as well. I think the point differential between from cleaning the glass, like his net rating as a center is like a little bit higher as a, uh, as a center than power forward. Um, the fouls are definitely more noticeable yes. when he's at center though. Yes. But what I was going to say is I think that's where Steven Adams is still fine because you don't have to close with Steven Adams, but if you can have Steven Adams out there to alleviate Jaron Jackson's struggles, his rebounding and his fouling to where by the third quarter, he's walking into the fourth quarter with only three fouls to play with. You're talking to, a lot. Remember, a lot of their big comebacks came when Jaron Jackson Jr. came back in and played the entire fourth quarter at center. Brandon Clark with him at the four. Honestly, that's some of the most memorable regular season basketball I, like I have. You know, the end of that Warriors game in January, end of the Minnesota game in January, the end of the Brooklyn game in March. It was, and in the New York Knicks game in March as well. Those two guys had a big fixture in that. And I was listening to a podcast with the Game Theory podcast with Sam Fasini. He brought up a good point. You know, everybody talks about, you know, playoff versus regular season basketball, but it's like you still need to rely on your regular season success because that's what gets you to the playoffs. And Steven Adams is a key formula and a key ingredient to their regular season success with his ability to generate extra possessions, rebounding, his screen assists, stuff like that. I think his uh, fall out of the rotation was a uh, overreaction to be honest 
And I think he matches up better against the Western Conference centers than what Minnesota came out to be. Because let's be honest, Carl Anthony Towns is a unicorn. Um, he fires threes like he's Bradley Beal. He's quick. He can attack off the dribble. I think that's a bad matchup. Like if you're talking about, you know, the Aitons of the world or the Jokic's of the world or Gobert's or Zubac, Adams can hang with those guys. I mean, he showed that he can hang with Draymond Green and Kevon Looney. So I'm not there on Adams, on giving up on Adams yet, especially with him being um, a $17 million expiring contract. He's a fit in the locker room. Um, obviously, he's a guy that you don't have to close with either. He allows you to play your best versions of basketball for all 48 minutes. So that's kind of where I stand on the whole Turner versus, or not Turner in particular, but center upgrade versus right. Jaron. And I don't really like the idea of getting Gobert and being the guy that, or having a pool or in cover or be a site manager for a team that's paying Rudy Gobert $60 million a year to set screen assist and play drop coverage. I don't want to, I'm not kind of in for that, but um, it, it is terrifying. Parker will of, retire in a couple of months. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I still like see, I still think their upgrade is the wing, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily their starting wing. I think it's more of their depth. And I feel like we'll get more into that as point. the off season goes on. You have a lot mm-hmm. to talk about there, Mister Site oh Manager. Oh my gosh, Can't give I up swear. All the content. Can't give it all up here. Um, so when we come back uh, on this episode of GBB Live, the proverbial torch is literally about to be passed. You'll see what I mean by that when you come back from the break. We're going to talk about the GBB Live question of the day, and then I know Parker has some uh, some parting words or questions. Uh, involving my time as site manager. So you're listening to GBB Live with Parker Fleming, newly minted site manager of SB Nation's Grizzly Bear Blues. I am the exiting site manager, Joe Molinax. Don't go anywhere. All right, and we are back. Now Now it feels a little more official. I'm kind of running the ship here. Uh, GBB Live question of the day. And I want to thank to all of you who answered in on this question, all 151 of y'all. Question of the day, which offseason development are you looking forward to the most for the Grizzlies? Coming in at number one was another Bane and Jaron leap at a little under 34%. Summer League Zaire at 27%. $20 million in cap space at a shade under 20%. And then free agency, specifically around Tyus and Kyle at 19.2. So, Mr. Molinax, who did you vote for for today's question of the day? What a seamless transition that was, by the way. Look at that. You're you're the host now, officially, of GBB Live. I am your guest. We did that, that in, in like a five-second commercial break. You guys I listened know. to an ad, and you came back, and the show completely flipped. We're professionals here. We are professionals. I want to stress that first and foremost. Uh, well, thank you for having me on as your first guest. Uh, yeah, no problem. Uh, very kind of you to have me on your show. Um, hopefully this goes better than the last time I handed <laughs> GBB Live over to somebody. Not Chip Williams' fault, by the way. Shout out to Chip. Wasn't his fault. Um, hopefully it goes better this time. Um, I think it will. But anyway, uh, I am most excited. I, I think the Jaron and Bane answer is the easy one, right? Like that's the one that, you know, Jaron could be an all-star level player. Bain could be an all-star level player. If they both make that jump, holy crap, you're talking about a 60-win team in the Western Conference. That's going to be better next year. Like, the Clippers are going to be better. Obviously, they're going to be healthy. 
Uh, the Nuggets theoretically will be healthy. Uh, the only team that's probably going to fall back is the Jazz. Everybody else will probably get better in some way, shape, or form. So I think you could argue that the West is going to be better next year than it was this past year. And if Bain and, ja- and Jaron make that leap and Jaw maintains, which, by the way, he's going to get that super max. I think Kleiman kind of made that clear without being able to say Bear, it out loud. Yeah. He didn't want to break um, any rules, yeah. Yeah, but I think that'll probably happen July 1st or whatever the day is. He's able to make that offer. Uh, that deal will come down. Um, I personally am most excited for how they use that cap space. Because my takeaway from Ooh. listening to Tyus was he's gone. And my takeaway from watching Kyle play and the way that Jenkins used Kyle almost exclusively as a big, not as a wing, to your point from the first segment about, you know, upgrading at the bench wing position. I think that there is really something to be said there, like TJ Warren would make a lot of sense because Kyle Anderson was essentially treated like a a big man, a four or five. He didn't really play the wing anymore. I could see them mm-hmm. looking for somebody to be a bench upgrade, like you alluded to. I think that makes a lot of sense. So I am more interested to see how they use that money because I think they're gonna they're gonna have it. I don't see them bringing back Tyus. I don't see them bringing back Kyle. And if they renounce those guys, which they don't have to do right away, obviously for cap hold purposes, I do think that if the price is right, they'll be interested in both of them. But I don't see the juice being worth the squeeze for them for for the Memphis Grizzlies. And I think that there's going to be $20 million available and they're going to figure out how they want to use it. Do they trade a smaller contract like a DeAnthony Melton, bring in somebody that makes almost $30 million a year? Melton's contract plus the cap space roughly gets you there. Uh, do they use a, a draft pick to sweeten the pot, maybe move up in the draft? I think I've seen you talk about that before, Parker, uh, in, in terms of trying to acquire a higher draft pick and also kind of address the depth using the assets right. that they have. I see Kleiman saying we are a championship contending team and I see him looking at cap space to upgrade his, his playoff rotation essentially, because again, Kyle Anderson did some good things in these playoffs, but he is such a unique player. I don't know that he fits what they want to do with the roster as constructed. If they moved on from Brandon right. Clark, maybe he makes more sense. If they moved on from Xavier Tillman, which maybe they will, uh, maybe it makes more sense. Kyle is basically more of a center at this stage than he is a small forward. Um, Tyus at 12 or $14 million. He said he wants to be a starter. He also elaborated and said he has a season that self as that already, but he, he wants to be a starting point guard in the NBA. And to be honest with you, he probably should be a starting point guard in the NBA. So I don't fault him for that. If that's something he decides he wants go with God and maybe the Grizzlies can f- facilitate a sign and trade and, and get him a little more money and continue to earn some credit among NBA players in terms of being a good place to depart from. Uh, Kleiman has done a really good job with that in his first few years in Memphis. I think he's earned some credit with the, uh, with the players in that way. So I I see them having that cap flexibility and that is what I'm most interested in watching. What about you, Parker? For sure. Uh, One little thing I'll add, you did bring up that $30 million. I would, I'm the, the Hornets have two top 15 picks. I want to see them try to take on Gordon Hayward's contract because it's a salary dump and an upgrade at the same time. That was the one that you had mentioned. Yes, yeah. I like that deal. Yeah. So um, I voted for Summer League Zaire. Uh, I'm, you know, I don't think he's going to take the leap that Bain did, but I think it's going to be a substantial leap. And um, I, I think I'm going to write about this at some point. I think 
uh, Zaire Williams is the scary hour piece for the Grizzlies in the term of like, I loved his confidence. Like he openly said, I've been given everything. Like it's on me to make it. Like he, he says he's been given every advantage and it's on him to take that talent and that size and that frame. I don't yeah. blame you for picking Summer League Zaire because if he backs up his words with action, he is going to be fun to watch. See what what's fun with that? What's fun with Zaire? And I'll just kind of close with this: is like, you know, it all comes down to like the ball handling and like whatever like high end outcome he becomes, it's going to be a boom for the Grizzlies. He could become Paul George, or he could become Chris Middleton, or he could become Mikael Bridges, and it would still not, and it, he would still become like of that kind of guy, like a cornerstone kind of guy for a championship contending team. But also too, if he kind of like kind of stayed in the role that he's at, but just upped his efficiency a little bit, like they're still going to be a really good team, but he's just the guy that puts it kind of like at a scary hours kind of thing. I'm, I, it's something I'm going to add to the Rolodox here, depending on who take or which angles done on the player uh, reviews that we have coming on GBB. But yeah, Zaire. Uh, that I'm very excited to see what he does, mainly because of how confident he was. The fact that he's going to be working out with Darko, um, who Des Desmond Payne said in uh, the exit interviews has has the secret sauce. So I'm like, right. let's see this. Z- Desmond Payne taking Zaire Williams under his wing. It's something we just love to see. It's a see you later kind of podcast over here. But as we're departing. Um, this is meant to be a happy thing, not a sad thing. But what is your favorite memory from your time at GBB? My favorite memory from my time at GBB. Oh, gosh, it's hard to pick just one. Um, I would have to say if I had to pick just one, it was my time covering the 2014 playoff series when it was Memphis and Oklahoma City. I believe that was the Mr. Unreliable series. When I was the uh, Mr. Unreliable series. I believe I was at that game covering it. And I remember, because that was also the Donald Sterling situation with the Clippers when he was forced out after the racist comments and the videos unearthed. I think his name's Donald Sterling, right? Am I, I think I got Yeah, Donald right. Sterling. Yeah, okay. So anyway, um, so all that was happening. And Adam Silver had a big press conference there in Memphis. Because he was, you know, there for that playoff series. <laughs> and uh, here I am, uh, GBB. I wasn't even site manager yet. I was just a writer. Uh, I went in, in Chris Faulkner's stead. And I'm sitting there next to Brian Windhorst and J.A. Adonde and all these major national media members. And Adam, Sid- Adam Silver walks in the room and gives this big national press conference and and I'm just this blogger who, you know, the good folks at Grizzlies PR was willing to to give a press pass to, thanks to Kevin Leip and Tom Lorenzo for securing that for us all those years ago. We built upon it, uh, as all things should be done. And I know, Parker, you'll continue to build upon it as well. Um, so I, I think that would be one of them. I think, you know, having the chance to talk to NBA players, to brilliant NBA minds, people far smarter than me, you know, having Matt Moore on the podcast as much as we did, you know, the, the relationships that we made with so many folks in the local media, um, you know, and, and just the, the work day in and day out as cheesy as that sounds to, to be able to go into the slack every day and, 
and kind of talk about what the plan was and the, the bantering of ideas back and forth in the feature channel. And, you know, I'm a big believer, Parker, you know, I'm a teacher and a football coach by trade. And I, I believe in embracing the grind. You know, mm-hmm. I don't like to look ahead to summers or to Christmas breaks or those sorts of things. I feel like you lose out on the, the Tuesday afternoons and mornings and, and the moments that you can have at any time when you do that. So I, you know, I'm an, as kind of a cop out as it is, I think I'm going to miss all of it. Uh, I, I think it's all my favorite. Uh, if I had to pick one particular moment, it's probably that national stage one. Um, but I, I can at the same time think back to the last game I covered when it was John Morant's first triple double there in Washington, DC, when he did it against the wizards and I was there covering for the site and it was mm-hmm. amazing to be there and kind of see John person and, what he's physically capable to do of doing. And Omari Sankova was still covering for the athletic at the time. And I got to meet Omari and, and talk to him a little bit. So, you know, from the beginning to the end, it's all been a gift, you know, and, and I, hopefully that was conveyed in the article that I wrote. I'm, I'm very grateful for everything I've gotten in this life. And I, I've gotten more than I deserve. And um, GBB is a big part of that. Absolutely. And this that would have been a good time to close, but there's something in there that you mentioned. I want to ask you one more question, one one quick question. You know, you've been doing this for a while. You've had media access for a while. Not necessarily like a podcast or anything, but who's been your favorite player to interview? Ooh. Um, favorite player to interview would probably have to be, I'm going to have to say Avery Bradley. I thought Avery Bradley was very kind of open and honest with us. I thought that he, you know, what, what he, he didn't seem like he was doing us a favor, if that makes sense. Like he was very kind and generous and uh, he, he gave us good attention and good answers and he was kind of engaged with us and it was really appreciated. So obviously we've had a chance to talk to other guys. I've talked to others off the record. Um, You know, players will DM you every once in a while about an article and that sort of thing. Uh, that happened a time or 12. Um, but I, I do think that there is something to, you know, when a player gives you genuinely his time, when he doesn't mm-hmm. have to, uh, that that stands out. So I'll give a shout out to Avery Bradley on that front. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm going to go ahead and just put this out there. If If there's any player that's somehow still listening to this or actually listen to this, you can always shoot me a DM if there's something that we post. DM Parker Fleming. DM. Yeah, don't don't DM Joe. DM me and just be like, yeah, the the like you can criticize me, whatever. I don't really care. I just appreciate. Parker's just I always about appreciate. He wants the network. Parker just wants the networking. But also too, <laughs> even if you aren't a player, if you have any sort of criticism you want to fire or any encouragement, just do that. I don't. I got thick skin. I'm all good. I love it. It just means that you read. So there you go. That's about all the time we have. Joe, for one last time, let the people know where they can find you. Sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Joe Mullinax. I've had to update my bio since Parker was so fast updating his. Uh, <laughs> had, had, had to update mine to former site manager. Um, hopefully, folks continue to go to GBB. I'm pretty sure they will. Uh, GBB was never a one-person site. Uh, you know, I always would say I'm very fortunate to be at the head of the ship, but you know, I had a great team with me, and Parker, most of that team, if not all of it, is sticking with him. Uh, one of the good things is, you know, Parker's going to put his personal twist and spin on running the site, but 
you know, a lot's going to stay the same. You know, we built a pretty solid staff, a pretty good team over there. And, and I'm hopeful that folks will continue to stick with GBB and, and uh, I know I will for sure. Absolutely. I really appreciate that. And um, yeah, follow him at Jim Olinax. He's one of the best dudes out there. One of the best Twitter followers out there. So make sure you follow him. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Paca underscore Flocka. And when you do go to my profile, sign up for the Curse Who Cancer 5K this Saturday at Shelby Farms at 8 o'clock uh, to benefit the uh, St. Jude and um, uh, West Cancer uh, Clinic in Memphis. So make sure you all do that. Or you can donate in the link. You can do whatever you want. But uh, make sure you are checking out all of our podcasts on the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network, uh, GBB Live. Uh, the starting five podcasts, the three and D podcasts, and then I will have one last episode of the Longview podcast this week. Ooh, rest so, in peace yeah. to the Longview. Rest in peace. Rest, rest in peace. It's no, hey, it's a good rest in peace. It's a bittersweet. But Joe, I'll let you, I'll let you have the final one here because I got to come up with something new. So okay, all right, for one last time, one last time, one Thank last you guys time. for listening, one last time for Parker. I'm Joe. Grind forth, Grizz Nation. This has been Grizzly Bear Blues Live.